0: Morning. It's a pleasure to be with you and a privilege to bring forth the Word of God this morning. The words of life. As I said earlier, the disciples at one point turned to, turned to Jesus and Jesus said, Are, are you going to leave too? When Jesus started to really preach the gospel and really preach about what was going to happen to his body and to, to his life. And he said, Where else can we go? Your words are life. Your words are life. So it is a privilege and I'm very grateful to be here with you this morning. Let's continue in prayer before we get started. Heavenly Father, you are so good. So good to us, Father. I just pray now that Christ would be brought to the center of this platform, Lord. That your word would move forth. Your Holy Spirit would fall, Lord, and hover over us now. Teach us all things, Lord. Through your spirit, overcome this flesh and bone. And may Christ be seen, and may the Christ and may the cross be lifted high, and may Christ be glorified. And all this we pray. In Christ's name. Amen. So like I said, it's a pleasure, and I'm also very grateful because this morning I get to share with you what I consider my life verse. What I consider a piece of scripture as we just read. That has gone with me my, since I was a, a young little boy. That has pierced me to the heart day after day. Is what I also rely on when things get rough. It's a scripture that I have relied on in times of trouble, persecution, tribulation. I've seen others rely on it. But also a piece of scripture that brings me great joy. And is intended to, to, to lift your spirit. So I hope that as it was for me, it can be for you this morning. But first, to set up this scripture, I want to build a little bit of an atmosphere as to how I first encountered it. Um, As a kid, I would bond with my dad in a way. We'd go out to garage sales and we'd look for vinyl albums and try to find different kinds of uh, like specialties or rare albums or stuff we didn't have. Then we'd go home and listen to it. And one of those albums and one of the bands I was very fond of at a young age was the band U2. Some of you might know them. Not a super old band. Uh, But a big band, you might know Bono. And obviously there's many things to be said about Bono, many things to be said about U2, and not everyone's a fan. I understand that. I don't necessarily agree with everything Bono has to say, but I do enjoy their music. And there came a time, I remember being in my bedroom, and I was watching a video of U2, and they were about to play a song called Where the Streets Have No Name, which is essentially a song about heaven. And before they started playing this song, I remember seeing Bono he's, he's he's crouched down and he starts to mumble or pray or speak something and it happened to be the 116th psalm. So before we get started I want you to watch this little clip of what I watched and what I saw when I first encountered this scripture. I remember at a it being high school, maybe middle school at the time, seeing that video, and some of you might see pure performance, but I remember just lifting my hands in gratitude to the Father in this ah motion, this movement, this, this emotion. Because like David, David was a worship leader. David was not only just the king of Israel, he was the king that was after God's heart, but he was a bit of an eccentric I'm not going to say like Bono, but kind of like Bono. He danced before the ark. He was excited. He was filled with joy. He stood in front of the people and led them in worship and led them towards the Father. He was excited. And he penned these words, which in Hebrew are called the halal psalms, which means praise. And these were actually, some believe, the psalms that Jesus would have sung coming down from the Mount of Olives. They were known Praise hymns here in Psalms 116. So the words here that they, they come from the message, but they're same translation as we saw. What can I render back? What can I give back to God? So what can I give back to God for the blessings he's poured out on me? I'll lift high the cup of salvation as a toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I do and I'll do it together with his people. In this moment in me watching watching Bono reading the psalm and in my little world I was having what I like to call a crisis of gratitude. A crisis because I was confronted with this question, what can I give back to God for the blessings he has given me? What can I possibly give back? That's a crisis. But at the same time, it's gratitude. Because he's poured out blessings and he's poured out much, much more. This is a crisis of gratitude. And my question to you is, have you ever had a crisis of gratitude? Have you ever had this moment? Or have you had it maybe in a little micro way? Now, let me tell you about a story that I had happened to me again as a kid that pointed me to this bigger crisis, pointed me to this picture. So it was Christmas time. I was about six years old and I'm going in the Walmart. And as you can see, everything's ready for Christmas. And I'm going there with my parents and they're out getting some groceries. And I remember seeing upon this high lofty shelf a certain toy that caught my eye. Something that I became enamored with, something that was uh, drawn to. So every time we'd go to Walmart during the Christmas season, I wanted to tag along and would try to separate from my parents to go find this toy. As you can see, this picture here is, obviously, it's me in Walmart many years ago. And what was the toy that I was so enamored with? What was this thing? Well, it was a Power Wheels Jeep. Some of you might know it. Some of your kids might have one. But I was just so stoked to see these things. I just, I love the, the the wheels and the car parts and the lights and, you know, all that, all that whatnot. And here's, you know, here's obviously a little me just having a joy of a time. And I thought maybe I'll go on safaris and it just, it just captured my imagination. And I really wanted it for Christmas. And I told my parents that I put it, that was the only thing I put on my list, Power Wheels Jeep. And they told me, I said, son, it's just outside of our budget this year. It's just probably not going to happen. We really want to get it for you. But I don't think it's going to happen this year. So I was like, okay, well, it left you know, out of mind, out of sight. It left my mind and didn't think about it much. But my grandpa, who lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I live in, lived in Kansas City, heard about this. And I see him probably once a year. And he heard about this little Jeep that I wanted. And uh, come Christmas morning, I got my Jeep. And that is actually a picture of me in my Batman costume. I remember seeing the Jeep under the tree, and I was like, "What?" I thought I wasn't getting this. And my parents were like, well, your grandpa heard about it, and he just wants to know that he loves you. He's sorry he can't be with you on Christmas, and he wants you to bless you, and he wants to see pictures of you riding in it, and he's just so excited for you to have this Jeep, Luke. He He wants you to use it. And some of you might be familiar with uh, certain pictures of Operation Christmas Child or different things where you've seen children just overjoyed and you just want to see that joy on their face. So this came to this question for me that I had from my grandpa. Why would my grandpa do this? What did he expect from me in return? And how could I repay him? And this is really where it came from. I said, how can... I, just, I was so over, overwhelmed with the fact that my grandpa would do this for me who's not even here, not even able to write it with me, right? Not even able to, to look at it or see my little face, but just to know that I was happy... So, well, how can I repay him? And I immediately start thinking, well, I got Chuck E. Cheese tokens. I got some old toothpaste. I got sneakers. I'm going to send it to him. That's how I'm going to repay him. I was in a crisis of gratitude. I was grateful, but I was in crisis because I really wanted to repay him. And this is an interesting little, uh, little discussion here because not every child reacts this way, right? I, there's many, we all can react this way with anything in our lives. I could have gone, wow, this is so great. This is awesome. Or I could have been like, oh, man. I get in my list for next year i could get something ahead of time so we're fourth with a there is a big crisis element that is here and i've always said about seeing kids with presence, it's great you want to see them blessed a crisis of gratitude so david poses this question what can i give back to god for the blessings that he has poured out Many kings, especially in ancient Israel, responded differently to the blessings of God, the provision of God, the commands of God. The Old Testament gives us a much longer list of the kings that did not listen or respond to God accordingly, did not pay attention to the blessings that the Lord had given them, did not pay attention to the great responsibility of what it meant to fulfill this command with the people of the Lord. They were not, as it is, delighting in God's own heart, seeking after God's own heart. This is one of the reasons why David just danced before the ark. He was pumped up about God. He was pumped up about what the Lord was doing. He was grateful. He knew his whole life just completely hung on the fact that God was their king ultimately. That they were saved through him and he was going to bring about a messiah. So to help you understand this a little bit more, C.S. Lewis talked about this very idea of a crisis of gratitude. He wrote this, and this is from a quote from C.S. Lewis, every faculty that you have, your power of thinking or of moving your limbs from moment to moment is given to you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not in a sense his own already. So that when we talk of a man doing anything for God or giving anything back to God, I'll tell you what it is really like. It's like a small child going to his father and saying, Daddy, give me sixpence, which is an English currency, to buy you a birthday present. Maybe some of us have been there many times. Of course the father does. And he is pleased with the child's presence. It's all very nice. It's all very proper. But only a silly man would think that the father is sixpence. To the good on the transaction. The father is sixpence, none the richer. 90s ban. When a man has made these two discoveries that everything is God's, yet he delights in our satisfaction in giving what he has, what is his already, back to him, God can really get to work. It is after this that real life begins. The man is now awake as it says in acts chapter 17 verse 25 god is not served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life breath and everything you can't give anything to god or do anything for god that he hasn't first given to you or done for you is that enough of a crisis so I like to use these four the four Rs as kind of an illustration. They're linear. One must come before the other. And kind of our walk with the Lord. We receive grace. Grace has been poured out. It has been offered. Jesus said, "The work of God is this: to believe the one he has sent." By faith we receive So we receive the grace, and what do we do? We respond. We believe. By faith, we respond. And this is important to not jump ahead to release and renew. This can't go backwards. This vertical relationship that we're seeing here acted out in David, this crisis, must come first in your life. God has shown grace to the sinner. He has poured it out. What can I give back to God for the blessings? He has poured He has poured out on us. God is the one who fills our cup. David uses the illustration of a cup many different times. Famous Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. My cup overflows. Not just to the brim, it overflows with what? The grace he has poured, the goodness that follows me that he has poured. He gave me the cup, he filled the cup, overflowed the cup and asked for it back. Do you know what that means? He is the one who has poured it out. I'll lift high the cup of salvation. A toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. It says in Romans 1.5. Through Him, that is Jesus, we received grace and apostleship. The hope of David from his very line. To call all the Gentiles, that is the nations, to the obedience that comes from faith for His name sake grace has been poured out on the cross of christ into our cup amen this is a reason to be grateful god has provided the means of reconciling us back to him it's important for you to remember my jeep was plastic i outgrew it in a month it is now in a landfill eroding a hole in the ozone layer what was its purpose? It was blessing from my grandfather to ultimately point me to the ultimate blessing from God. I could have responded differently. He didn't worry about necessarily how I responded. He just showed me love. God took care of the rest. I don't think he'd even know that used a first sermon illustration, but here we are. God took care of the rest. You have reason to be grateful. You say, well, I never had a grandpa. I never had a father who did any of these good things for me. You have a great God. He's done it for all of us. How will you respond? Have you responded yet? Do you believe that Christ is the one the Lord has sent? Does that pierce you to the heart? Does it cause you to be repentant of your sins? To be brought into a new life of blessing? To be called sons of God? You have reason to be grateful. Your cup is overflowing. Will you take it? Can you feel it getting heavy? What do we do with this? What do we do with this crisis? We respond in worship. This is worship, beloved. I lift high the cup of salvation, not the cup of good harvest, not the cup of all my 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 goats and my great palace and yada yada, yada, yada yada all these kingly things, the ultimate gift, the greatest gift, gift beyond any Jeep, any kingdom, any nation, any any royalty, the cup of salvation, a toast to God and his goodness. I'll pray in the name of God. How do we respond like this? Well, Paul said it very clearly in Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what He has done and is doing, His victory, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice. It's holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You belong to God. You belong to God. You were made in His image image give it back to god how do i know the scripture is so full of it so full of it for instance great great little story when they came to jesus and he said should we pay taxes and jesus said well let's see the coin whose who's pictures on this coin it's caesar's Give to caesar's what is caesar's gift to god's what is god's whose image is on you Give it back to God. The parable of the tenants. The Lord is coming for his share. You belong to God. You are a steward of everything you have. He is the king. He is coming back. You belong to him. Offer your body as a living sacrifice. Why? Because he's good. He's a good, loving father. To be where he is is to be where life is. It's to be in the light. And I want to be in the light. Amen? Amen? So may we be joyful in God being made much of making much may we be much makers of God. Gratitude is the response, it's the posture of worship. And all we do and always sing, why do we sing great are you Lord? I'm so I'm just so blessed by the worship this morning because it is such a Grateful posture of worship to give him praise, as it says in Psalms 115, part of the halal, a praise psalm. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. God has created us for his glory and our participation in his joy. His joy. This table, the communion table, front and center, you take part in this. You proclaim his death and his resurrection until he comes again. You are participants. We proclaim it to the world. It is joy. God is drawn near to us The grace displayed in Christ, and God delights, He delights. God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in Him. It's true in our worship. Therefore, we receive, just as it says here, we receive, we respond before we can ever renew and release. Respond with worship, this vertical understanding. And then finally, my charge to you is to pass it on. My question at first was Have you had this moment? Have you had a crisis of gratitude? Has someone displayed goodness to you and ultimately pointed you to the goodness of the Father? This is not, I'm not telling you to go and spoil people or spoil your children. That's a piece of it, but that's not what I'm telling. And I'm not telling you to be worried about how everyone's going to react. Because not everyone's going to react the same way you think. But just as Jesus said, good fathers give good gifts to their children. How much more will the Father give to you when you ask of it? As he said, I pray in the name of God, I'll complete what I promised God I do, which is being a much maker of Him, make much of Him, and I'll do it together with His people, the congregation. We are not islands, we are not isolated, we do it together, we lift one another up. We display his love, becoming more and more like Christ, growing deeper in him. So create a crisis of gratitude for someone in your children. I'm a new father, and I had another huge crisis of gratitude when I saw that baby the first day it was born. And what do we do? You do this with your children, do you not? You dedicate them, you baptize them to the Lord. You say, Thank you. I'm giving it back to you because you're ultimately in control. And we're charged to take care of them. We're charged to show them Christ's love. Don't always cause them to, don't always make them pay you back, in a sense. Don't always make them, uh, treat them like it's a partnership or an organization or that they, you know, this, this is what we call tough love, which is good. But I'm saying, how are you blessing them? Show them God's grace, your spouse. Is it always tit for tat? Is it always she does this, I do that? Or do you go out of your way to show them grace, to to show them, to give them good gifts of your love and your kindness and your support? Through you're showing them, you're pointing them to Christ. You're pointing them to Christ. The same with your neighbors. How can you go out of your way to make them to 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 rouse up something in them that causes them to be grateful? To point them to the gospel. Really, I mean, this is this is the key bedrock of what really points us to our our attitude of repentance. Hopefully, our gratefulness to be brought out of the pit ultimately and for those in need. And how is your response to all of this? Is your response to what God has done as it initially works? Is it initially a religion, uh, codes of conduct, even your money? Because if we, if we respond to this right away with these things, it's not first getting that vertical relationship. Our first response and the response God wants and for everything we do, everything that exudes from us is because of our relationship with God and our gratitude and our worship of Him. Because of, because of what Christ has done, because of how He's changed my life, because of what He has done for this congregation, therefore I go into the world. Therefore I leave this place. This is not a destination, right? This is a terminal. We're going out into the world constantly to those immediate to us and our families, to our neighbors, and to the ends of the earth. Because of this one-on-one understanding of what Christ has done for us and how it's fulfilled with one another. This is worship. Worship is the bedrock. And so as as I close here, I want to remind you. But the Lord has dealt bountifully with us. Have you dealt bountifully with others? For he has given us his son. And in him he has given us all things. Because all things are his. The Lord has dealt bountifully. He is a good, good father. As David said, what can I give back to God for the blessings? I give him everything. Give my life i give him the cup that he gave me. I return it to him as a living sacrifice. The final verse here is from Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are so good, Lord. I just pray that you would continue to draw these people, Lord, to you. Open up their hearts. Open the eyes of their hearts. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for the gift of salvation. May we receive it, Lord, in faith boldly. and Come before your throne as sons and children and daughters of God, Father. Go with us now, Lord. May we leave this place a changed people. In Christ's name we pray all these things. Amen just stand as we